guys, Renee Paquette here with Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. We've got a hell of a podcast here for you because this week on the show, we talked ATT's invasion of AEW. Absolutely fantastic. We've got to talk to Dan Lambert all about it himself, plus an interview with the one, the only, the angel of UFC herself, Megan O'Leary. Here you go. This is the perfect story for this show. I mean, this is truly the best of the best of the best in MMA. We're talking American top team invading AEW. Dan Lambert, hot on the mic. But before we get into that, Misha, did you watch AEW? Did you do your homework? Did you sink your teeth into a little wrestling? So I did on Wednesday. I watched it and uh, I thought, <laughs> not, all, not even all of it though. I watched the women's match. Okay. And... Now I'm gonna forget their names. I should have uh, I should have wrote it down. But um, oh. I'm 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 wonderful at that. Do you remember their? their uh, who? You know? It would have been the one who's just like wearing the ruby colored ruby. Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh, one of them she is wearing... ruby. There's ruby Soho. Yeah, I don't think it was ruby Soho. And then the other one was like a little MMA fighter. I was like, what? I was like, my oh, hair's already yes. gone. I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. Already gone. I was With, like, uh, so. I was like, yeah. Remember we were talking about that? Would you ever? Yep. Would you ever do it? And I was like, well, I was like, what would my? She was like. I, I was like, she's very MMA-esque. Oh, whatever. very, very much so. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's sort of the like, cool thing. I mean, gone. Uh, I mean, <laughs> even like with Shayna Baszler, you watch what Shayna Baszler does in uh, in WWE. I mean, she really sticks to more of that MMA style with what she's doing. She does not get all pro wrestling on you. Like, she walks around the ring like an MMA fighter. She, uh, yeah, and that's like such a cool thing of psychology of wrestling that Shane is so great at. Um, and uh, I know Josh Barnett is uh, somebody that that works really closely with her, and maybe closely with me in the future. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, <laughs> <laughs> there's more there. Uh, okay, so American Top Team invading AEW. How do you feel being able to see uh, the athletes of that caliber step into uh, into this uh, wacky world of professional wrestling? I mean, you want to rattle off who was all there? We have got Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlo. Um, Austin Vanderford, Paige Van Sant, uh, Kayla Harrison. I mean, this was like a who's who. Yeah. Um, I thought that Dan was, I mean, I thought he was awesome. I hilarious. Really, hilarious. I thought he, he had a great balance of like the pro pro wrestling. Like he didn't seem like he was acting but you but you felt that like it really I I just thought he (laughs) he just did a really good job like I wouldn't have known that he came from another world if I didn't know that if that makes no he like he seems like he seems pro wrestling like he is perfect for pro wrestling he you know I I don't know him personally obviously but like I feel like he was like a version of himself dialed up to 11 and that's what makes it so great that's what Uh, it was and it was like that confidence on the mic for him to come out and like to just talk so much shit to not only Chris Jericho to uh, to AEW, but also to talk shit on the fans. Like he really checked off all of the boxes of like, you know, the paint by number heel, but doing it by like the, the best way uh, to even like reacting it. with the crowd. And then like and Chris Jericho is like the perfect foil. I mean, that dude. Uh, you know, has to go down in history as, as one of the best to do it. I mean, in terms of, you know, just being in the ring as a professional wrestler to his his skill on the mic. He's so good. And the two of them going at it was fantastic. I mean, just the entertainment value alone. I was cracking up watching that. Um, so I, I want to see more of that. I think Dan Lambert should stay within the professional wrestling world. I mean, I know that it's something that's super important to him. I know he's been a huge fan for such a long time. Um, I believe that he's a belt collector, 
Um, that's something that we can talk to him about. Uh, I think that he's just like collected all the different belts from different territories over the many years. So he is a uh, a, a true wrestling fan. Uh, but yeah, I feel like he could make a hell of a lot of money in professional wrestling. Sign him yeah. up. Let's go. Yeah, I agree. And um, uh, uh, just get him okay. a cool jacket. You got to get a cool jacket. That's part of the thing in professional wrestling. You got to add that little razzle dazzle. So if we just like be dazzle a jacket for him or add a little fringe, he's good to go. Something get him right? that merch. Yeah, yeah. He, he did kind of. He did kind of look like just like like a like a dad just walked in there or something like that. Because like he, I think he that's what ha- caught everyone <laughs> off guard was like, who is it? What's happening? And why is he so good at this? That then yeah, you start to give him like that. Uh, Give him a little like Jimmy Hart, mouth of the South kind of vibe. I think that uh, I think he could really be off to the races with something. He knows what he's doing, clearly. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I-, I loved it. How I-, I think it was cool how the audience kept singing the song. Remember, when he was like, <laughs> yes. shut this shit off. And they cut the music <laughs> and uh, the audience just kept singing all. I was like, whoa, I, I didn't expect that. So. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. I, I really did. I thought he did a, a great job for wrestling for fans worth. are passionate to say the least. I mean, yeah, they, they love coming out to sing uh, the Chris Jericho uh, entrance music with Judas. That is like part of like their whole gimmick when he comes out is to like blast that as loud as possible. It's really cool to see that. And, you know, Jericho's just sitting back soaking that up. As he should, as he should be. Um, okay, so going back to uh, the American Top Team, who do you want to see shine within that wrestling ring? Who do you think could walk away from that being the big star? Uh, to me, I feel like this is a no-brainer. I feel like Kayla Harrison. Okay. I feel like Kayla Harrison, not only does she have the that big, imposing stature, she's just she's built for it, mm-hmm. but when I hear her cut promos in MMA, it makes me kind of cringe. And because I feel like it touches almost into that WWE world, like it's almost like I'm not, it doesn't quite feel real. It's, it's like she's kind of crossing over already and when she's cutting those promos. Yeah. And although I believe that she's sincere in what she's saying, it sounds like someone's cutting a promo from pro wrestling and I so I think her crossover would be very easy you know when she's like you know there is no solving the puzzle that's Kayla Harrison da 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 you know nobody's retired undefeated <laughs> so you know um no don't get me wrong I do like Kayla but I feel like those promos are already what I would just a little bit that I've been listening I feel like it already sounds like pro, pro wrestling and that I think she should I think she'd just be a natural fit. I think people would just eat her up and, and love it. I, I agree. I think she would be fantastic. But I got I mean, I'm sticking with the girls on with you on this one, too, because I have been saying for, you know, for a while for Paige Van Sant that she would thrive in the pro wrestling world. She's obviously got the look. She's she's got the look. She's got the athletics. Um, I think that she would do really well in um in a in the WWE environment because I feel like she would really do well with more of that like glitz in the in the glamour. I mean, we know she likes to do these sexy photo shoots and you know, she has this personality that she wants to um to to bring forward and I think that that's something that would thrive a little better in the WWE environment more than it would in the AEW environment. But if she wanted to stick to just like that bare knuckle style and she wanted to come out there and just be a badass, I think that there could be certainly a spot for her within AEW to do. I think it just depends on which way she wants to go with it. Do you want to do more entertainment or she want to do more fighting? I just don't see it for Paige. And as much as I, I am a big fan and I love Paige and I think she's such a sweetheart, but I don't see, you know how you were talking about, it seemed like 
Dan's personality dialed up to 11. Like yeah. if we dial Paige's personality up to 11, I just think we're going to get like a lot of sweet, really just like, uh, she's just, I don't know how she gets that, um, really like, how do we buy into like her as a character? Cause I just feel like she's just like a really lovable person, but I don't know if you translate that well, but you know, I'm the novice when it comes to pro wrestling. So maybe there is a way, but I just don't know if we keep it, if she can sell it genuinely enough with her just being like America's sweetheart. Well, I think that's really also interesting. And like, I don't know if she could be dramatic enough. But that's, see, that's why I like being able to have your perspective on this because you're not necessarily knowing about the pro wrestling world in, the, in that sense. I think you just nailed it on the head. Uh, I, I do think that there's definitely some truth to that of like what version of her do we get? Which again, I'll kind of go back to saying like if she was in WWE, she might thrive a little bit better because it's more character driven or it can be more character driven. Uh, you know, we've got uh, wrestlers like Alexa Bliss who, you know, she she can go. She's a great wrestler, but she's got such a big personality and she does a little more like character work uh, on top of wrestling that's the thing does Paige have a big personality like I think like I I don't want to say this like where it sounds like um I'm trying to knock her at all because I'm definitely I'm definitely not like please understand like this is not at all meant to be an insult I'm just speaking truth of where I feel like could she fit into pro wrestling like I don't know if it would fall flat or if it would fall like or or if that personality like does she have that big personality she the things that are credible to her is that she's she's kind to everybody she's a very lovable person she's like America's Mm -hmm. sweetheart um she is genuine and she's a real fighter and a real badass but like mm-hmm. are those the things that the criteria that you bring over when you talk about bringing a pro wrestling is just you know genuine sweet and, and she's badass <laughs> but she's genuine right. sweet but like where is the you kind of need like, her to be a, yeah you want a like, little more I, edge right when I feel like exactly when I feel like I wa- watching as I'm learning about this I'm like clearly understanding that these people have a lot of like flair and just kind of like their thing or their style it just really cuts out from the rest or at least to maybe- be at the very top and I don't know if like Paige will have that drama that translates into it like how does she maybe do that it? would make know. her a great baby face though I mean if she's somebody that we don't need her to She'd come in and be a be heel a and just face. like if 100% she but yeah I mean for her to come in as a baby face and be like this sort of like like, you know, you look back at her history within MMA and uh, and then moving on, you know, moving on into the bare knuckle fights. And then, you know, now where's she going to go? Now she pops up in AEW. Is she going to pop up in WWE? That was something that I kept kind of waiting for when I was still working in WWE is wondering when that was going to happen. I, I know when she was kind of like waiting to announce what the next thing was that she was going to do before she announced that she was going to be in the bare knuckle fights. Uh, she was in Florida and I was like, she's got to be going to NXT. I'm sure she's going to be in NXT or she's going to be in WWE. Like one of those things that has to happen. And then it didn't. But, you know, I think with a little bit of work and a little bit of fine tuning, and that's a good thing with WWE is there is that backstage a little bit more. There is more of that producing. I think if she was taken under the wing of the right person, it, it could work. You know, I think that it could be something that at least could have a little bit more legs. Maybe if left to her own devices, maybe it might not go as well, kind of to the point of what you were saying. But I think if she was, yeah, given under the, the right uh, well, leadership, I she, then. I know she's one of the hardest working women. And you see that, like, see, I think she fits on things like Dancing with the Stars. Like, you see yeah. her doing that because it's like she just gets to be that just we just love her. And yeah. she gets to just be loved and she gets to but she gets to compete. So I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe man. Manager Renee is on to something, <laughs> seeing something I don't. So, Maybe. Uh, we'll see. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser, and I've got a new podcast, In Conversation, where I'll draw from 45 years of covering the Final Four, the NBA Finals, Wimbledon, the World Series, the Super Bowl, the Olympics. CBS even sent me to the fall of the Berlin Wall. I think you'll enjoy the give and take, so subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included in most subscriptions. Joining us now, American Top Team founder Dan Lambert. Dan, you are you are perfect for professional wrestling. Oh my God, I love watching you. This segment on on Dynamite this past week pumped me up. How do you feel being in the world of professional wrestling right now? Uh, it's super cool. I appreciate you saying that I make a good asshole, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> you a make a great asshole. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How did it feel to be out there, though, to jump on that mic? You're going toe-to-toe with one of the best to do it in Chris Jericho, uh, one of the perfect foils in a hot New Jersey crowd. How did that all feel for you? I've been a wrestling fan since I was like eight years old and probably practiced on a microphone in front of my mirror (laughs) for at least 40 of the years I've been alive. So it was pretty cool. Um, It was super cool. Chris Jericho, you know, he's a legend in the business. So, you know, just being around him and the, the pop that he gets and how into the into the script and the, the the action that the fans are when Jericho walks out and hearing him sing the music. It's, it's uh, pretty crazy. Uh, before we had you on the show a little bit earlier on for us, we were, we were talking about this segment and I was like, man, Dan Lambert, get this guy uh, a sequent jacket, maybe a little tassels. I mean, you could really make a lot of coin in this world of professional wrestling. Is this something you want to stick with? Yeah, my, my, my wardrobe could probably use a little bit of an upgrade, but I'm, I'm old school on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not discrediting your looks. Fun. I'm just saying I like a bedazzled jacket. That's wrestling to me. Okay, I, I can't argue with that. But uh, as far as being there, well, I, I thought it was a one-off when I was just joking around with Tony and said, hey, you know, you want me to bring a couple of the guys on the Miami show. You wanted me to bring, uh, you know, Amanda and, and Mosbitt all over to the show and get them on camera. And we were like, oh, you want to talk some shit? I'm like, yeah, I'll talk some shit. So we just kind of threw it together at the last minute and you know, the guy picked me up and dropped me on my head a little bit. So I thought it was a one-off, but then he was like, man, that was actually pretty good. Can you come back? And I'm like, man, I'll come anytime you want me to come. So just kind of playing it by ear, but it's a lot of fun. Booked How and busy. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Why, why men of the year? Why are these the guys that make sense for you to pair up with? You think? Well, you know, they got, got to pair up with someone who knows how to wrestle. Obviously I can, I can bring all the MMA guys in the world, but you know, they're, they can get in there and fight a little bit and, and do little little spots, but they're not going to carry a match. So mm-hmm. you, you got to match up with someone. And both those guys have a little martial arts background. You know, Scorpio's guys, he had like four or five amateur fights. And, and Ethan Page is a black belt in Taekwondo. So they figured it, it had a little bit of, of marketability to it, made a little bit of sense. And they're both really cool guys. And they're both really good in the ring. So mm-hmm. no doubt. Like- so how do you see this moving forward? By the way, Dan, I am a very novice to the pro wrestling world. I mean, I kind of think it's even funny called pro wrestling when you're, when you come from a, like a, like a, like an, like MMA as a sport, you know, it's kind of like, why didn't we call it fake fighting? Like, why didn't we call it that? Like, why is it pro Misha. wrestling? Like, <laughs> I know here I am talking a little bit of shit, but no, in all seriousness, 
I thought you were fantastic. I don't know a lot about the world, but I we were talking a little bit about you earlier, and it was like we. I felt like it was a genuine version of yourself. That when she, and and Renee was like dialed up to like an eleven, which I think is what you need, right, for the pro wrestling world to have it really take off that way. Um, so how does this continue on? I mean, there were so many people in the ring, familiar faces to me, which has never happened before because I don't really, I don't really watch it. So I thought Kayla could be fantastic. Um, I feel like already her promos kind of sound like she could translate really well to the W, uh, or to pro wrestling. But, um, how do you keep all these, uh, people that you work with kind of in the mix and like into the storyline and like, I don't know, is there anything, what are we looking forward to next week? Well, it's yeah. funny you say something about the character dialing yourself up because those, those seem to be the characters that get the best response and not just in pro wrestling. I mean, you take somebody in MMA who's just trying to fake his gimmick and it comes right. off as a little bit cringy versus mm-hmm. a, a Masvidal who, I mean, what you see is what you get. Connor's, you know, Connor's shtick is really how Connor probably talks to people in real life and how he goes around. And it's just, it's yeah. just his attitude. And you can see that it's genuine. And I think people relate to it, whereas you have some other guys that try to force something and, and it comes off as forced and doesn't really get over. So, you know, a lot of the things that I say on the microphone in AEW are things that I believe is an old school wrestling fan. And some of what I say about the current generation of millennials is reflects a little bit of my true opinion, too. Sorry, but I'm uh, not sorry. <laughs> so it, it, it is what it is. As far as what happens from now, you know, we're just we're just kind of going and having some fun and throwing stuff out there. And I guess we'll see where it leads. That leads me to question then. What are you a bigger fan of? Are you more of a pro wrestling fan or are you more of an MMA fan? It probably depends on where I am at the time, you know. Depends <laughs> who's so, asking. So invested in, in, in the MMA world and, you know, I've got so many people that I'm close to and I've spent so much time with and we've spent so much time working with. Um, you know, you go to their fights and there's nothing like it because, you you know, you're, 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 you're really invested in it. And then I go to a pro wrestling show and it's kind of cool to sit back and say, man, I've, I've got nothing invested in this. I'm just here having a good time. So uh, I, I like them both. There's a, I think there are a lot of people, you know, that are in the MMA world hate pro wrestling. Oh, it's the fake fighting. This is bullshit. It's stupid. And then there's people in the, in the pro wrestling world that I hate the MMA world. Those guys don't respect us. But I think there's also a, a big cross section of fans that like both. And uh it's it's cool that you know what we're doing now with AEW can appeal to some of those guys. Who do you think could be a massive star to do that crossover? I mean, we've seen the Brock Lesnar's. Uh, you know, you mentioned Bobby Lashley. Uh, you you know, you could kind of rattle off a couple of different guys that have gone between MMA. I mean, Ronda Rousey was very great. Kurt Angle's been uh, really great. Who's someone that you think is untapped that could transition from MMA into the professional world and just crush it and like totally flourish in that world? I think Kayla Harrison could crush it in that world. She's got a ton of charisma. She's a total asshole at times. <laughs> Very sharp um, You know, obviously she's got the look for it, but she's just, she, she's got that it factor. You know, there's certain people that people just want to see and want to hear and, and, and want to be around, you know, and, and sometimes you can't even explain what it is about it. I mean, you, you, you go back and watch GSP's fights and his fights were not the most aesthetically pleasing fights in the world, but he just had this charisma or aura around him where he could blast the double leg and the crowd goes fucking crazy for it. Oh shit, there it is. Wow. 
somebody else hits a double leg, like, you know, get a room, get up. This is boring. We came to see a fight, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I think she's got that. So I, and it's funny because she was one of those anti-pro wrestling people. Oh, that sucks. I hate that. I would never go to something like that. I say, nope, you're coming to this show. I've oh, heard God, that before. Not only going, but she part of it. She was my pick too when we were talking about this earlier. That's I'm just saying she's got exactly <laughs> what you said. She's got the look. She already it feels to me like it would just be such an easy transition for her. Well, I, it I seems like that right. door's open. She's she's already out there. I mean, she was the one that stepped front and center, and that camera was getting her flex on. Uh, yeah. So she knows how to find that that hard cam and get that light. The second she walked out there, she was like, oh, my God, she was all over. She's the one kissing her muscles and telling people to piss <laughs> off and fake crying to the fans. She got in the back. She's like, oh, my God, did I just do that? That was great. You know, it's like it's, she uh, got bit it, by the bug. I like she it. did. Dan, what can we expect this week at Arthur Ashe Stadium? What do you got up your sleeve? What, what kind of shit are you going to talk to that New York audience in Queens? Man, I, I, I think I saw yesterday that there's like 19,400 seats and like 18,800 of them were already sold out. Hmm. So I think it's going to be really loud. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I like Chris Jericho. I got a lot of respect for him. He's been around the business a long time. Jake Hager is a tough dude, all-American wrestler from Oklahoma and a tough guy, undefeated Bellator fighter. But uh I think they're in over their heads on this one. I think they're going to catch a beating. <laughs> awesome. Well, we look forward to watching it. Thanks for joining us on the show and uh, have fun out there in New York. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Congrats on the new show, guys. Thanks so much. Hi, everyone. This is Heisman Trophy winner and NFL quarterback Doug Flutie. I'm excited to tell you that my podcast, the Flutie Flakes cast, is back for the entire football season. I may have played like 21 years of professional football in three different leagues, but I'm still just a big kid, and I absolutely love this game. Every week, we'll talk about the topics I care about and bring on super fun guests. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app. Include it with most subscriptions. A very sweet, dear friend of mine, one of the absolute best in the business at what she does, Megan Olivi. Hi, girl. Hey, you guys are far too kind. Thank you. This is an honor. First of all, Misha came over to my house the day this was announced, and I was like, this is the greatest idea I've ever heard. I love you both so, so much, and I'm just so thrilled the world gets to hear even more of both of your voices. Oh, that's oh, so thanks. sweet of you. How is everything going in your life? Because you've had a whirlwind of a week. I mean, just from your your husband retiring uh, from MMA to, to working the sidelines with Fox NFL. What is happening? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's been a lot. Funny enough. So, Joe, um, Nisha, you know this. Like, in order to retire, Joe kind of wanted to do it so quietly. But you have to withdraw from the, the USADA drug testing program. And so he just, like, texted the people who needed to know. And they were like, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll announce it on Monday. You know, people will find out when the, the new rankings come out and your name's not in there. But it ended up coming out like 45 minutes after Joe sent that text. So we were kind of ill-prepared. We thought we had like almost a week to, you know, get a statement together and kind of pull ourselves together. Um, but it was beautiful. It was very emotional. I didn't expect to be as emotional as I was. I didn't expect him to be so emotional. It was, it was really beautiful. And then I felt terrible because the next day I had to leave and go to Arizona for um, prep for the Cardinals Vikings game, which was last night. Um, so it, it was a lot. It's It's been a lot. Now it's international fight week. So it, it's exciting. I prefer to be busy because I'm one of those people who like, if I have too much time to think, like it's not a positive. I'm always like, oh, I'm going to, everything is, is terrible. I'm going to lose my job. Everyone hates me. You know, it's just like too much. <laughs> 
What were some of the conversations that uh, that you and Joe were having leading up to this to decide uh, about his retirement? Um, well, basically, you know, the way I've always felt about it is as long as he's happy, like he can fight forever or he can retire years ago. You know, I just I just always want him to be happy. And so I kind of knew before his fight in March, he had said, hey, this is going to be my last fight. I'm like, OK, you know, uh, and uh, and then after the fight. I thought there was maybe like a small chance he might change his mind, but probably not. So I, I just told him, you know, if you're fighting because you love it, then keep doing it. But if you're only fighting because you think you need to earn that specific paycheck for us, like, no, because I unfortunately have seen, you know, situations in our sport and other sports where, you know, people maybe don't have the passion for it, but they feel this obligation to bring home that, that certain paycheck, you know, and I just, I never wanted that for Joe. He's a person who is driven by passion and his loves of things. And if that, that desire is not burning still, I didn't, you don't need to get punched in the head if you don't want to, Mm -mm. you know? And so, and I, you know, I've always wanted to contribute to our family. I've always worked and always wanted to not put that burden of, oh my gosh, everything falls on my shoulders. That's why I want, you know, I love what I do, but it's also another motivator for continuing to like push on with different experiences and things because I, I don't want Joe to feel like, okay, well, I don't want to fight. I don't want to train, but I have to go in there and get a check. So I think we've always been on the same page and he was like very chill about it. You know, throughout the few months I've checked in like, Hey, do you still, do you still want to fight? Like, how do you feel? And he'd be like, no. The other day I said, do you want to train? Like, do you miss grappling? Do you miss jujitsu? He's like, hell no, I don't miss jujitsu. I don't know why people do that for fun. And he's like, I miss sparring a little bit, like light sparring. He said, you know, it's kind of a chess match and it's fun, but everything else he's like, no, I don't miss it. I made the right decision. (laughs) I love it. Um, have you guys talked a little bit about like what might be next? I mean, obviously there's no hurry. I mean, Joe has dedicated so much of his life and we are just so grateful that, you know, in my opinion, he's, he's a people's champ. Like he might have never officially touched gold, but he's just somebody that, that clearly the MMA community loves, adores. And it was beautiful to see how much support was out there for him in his retirement. So, I mean, he will be missed, but I just have a feeling like this is not going to be the last time that we see Joe in some capacity. Like, have you guys talked at all about like, what does that look like for him? Yeah. Yeah. No, first of all, thank you. That's really kind. I'm like trying not to cry because um, you guys have trained together for a long time. And so that's, that's, that's really sweet. Um, no, I think Joe's not a guy who's ever wanted to own a gym or to be a coach, even though he's a great teammate and coach. Um, but I think he wants to be involved in the sport in a different way, like help design, you know, different uniforms or, you know, sort of sure. kind of upgrade these different things and be a, a liaison because Joe is really lucky that, you know, he's kind of considered family by a lot of our UFC employees um, and a lot of the bosses. And so he kind of has like a different perspective and a different voice than maybe your average fighter might have where he can say like, hey, you know what, it might be easier for guys if we do this, or I'm hearing a lot of, or I'm seeing a lot of this, is there a way we can help facilitate it? And I think he can, he can really fill in those roles as well as being creative. He definitely wants to work in production in some capacity, um, whether that's on camera and broadcasting or off camera, you know, helping to create promos and um, different programming. So he's, he's a creative soul, but I also think 
the experience and the expertise and, and that being trusted as a, you know, a former fighter now, I guess is, is what we say, but, you know, have, having been on the roster and kind of beloved by all his fellow colleagues who also fight, I think that really helps communicate things that, you know, fighters might need or, or might want. And there's a way to facilitate that now. Well, we all know that Joe has always had a tremendous sense of style. So if he has anything to do with the uniforms, I'll be happy about that. They'll be dapper, right? Yes. Dapper scrapper, <laughs> baby. Yes, Absolutely. exactly. I love you guys. <laughs> um, okay, so I had uh, one more question. And so it's a little bit silly. Like, I wanted to know what it, what I mean, I was there, as you said, the day we announced the show and Joe's just kind of like, I've been doing nothing. I've just been, it's been great. I've just been kind of chilling, playing video games, doing this, that. So like, okay, so how does that change the home dynamic? Like, is there anything that Joe is doing now that he wasn't doing before? Like maybe he never used to take the garbage out and now he's so bored. He's always taking the garbage out. Or is there any role that maybe you expect him? Like, okay, hon, I'm great with you being, but could you just make sure the dishes are done? Could you do dinner every night? It's like, what is he, what's different now that he has so much more time on his hands? And obviously you're out there, you know, kind of, doing Hustling. your thing so what the heck yeah. what 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 how's he how's he earning his keep around this place huh that is a great <laughs> question he is like doing chores now i'm like bro you you used to have like a very charmed life you were you went to training and you came home and that's all you had to worry about now you better help me fold laundry you better empty the dishwasher you i'll like order groceries from sprouts he'll go pick them up i'm like welcome to domestic life <laughs> saddle up partner well yeah I mean, we're all excited to see uh what whatever joe's gonna do next but watching you and your uh career just continue to flourish i mean you know that i'm a huge fan of you um i understand what hard work it is it goes into what you do but uh, for people that don't really understand when you're doing your broadcasts and uh, you know especially when you're doing those like walk and talks and there's like those wide crane shots that come in that's all you you don't have a teleprompter. Like, how do you do your prep and how do you store all of this I'm information? I'm still blown away by that, by the way. Can I just chime in that you don't use a teleprompter? I'm like, that's like the, like, it, it's like the saving grace. Like, I remember, yes. like, tel teleprompter is just so, it's like, oh, it's like the blanket of security. Like, that just make <laughs> you, like, you just want to rip that. that, rip that security blanket right off. Like, dang. Okay. Yeah. Props, no, it's funny. I'm like terrible with a teleprompter. So I almost feel like it's better for me <laughs> because I, Renee, you are so amazing at prompter and that is a skill. People think it's just, oh, she just reads. Oh no, that is a brilliant skill. I do not possess that skill. Uh, you are so great at it. But for me, yeah, the prep is a lot because it's not just about memorizing it and trying not to trip over your words while you're and also try not to literally trip um, while you're walking. But <laughs> it, it's also like, you know, we might get five minutes with this athlete and I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, what is the most important or useful thing I can tell a viewer to make them care? What is different about their story? That isn't necessarily fight statistics, but someone at home can relate. And maybe it's their first time watching this particular person and that's going to pique their interest before they compete. So it's also about kind of whittling down those layers of someone's story, which can be challenging because every layer is important. I mean, there's, there's times where I write reports and they're like 45 seconds and I have to get them to between like 33 and 36. And that that's challenging because you're like, Oh, everything's so important. I want to just see a million <laughs> things about them, but it's, it's really a fine art to be able to um, like address 
address one particular thing with a person and make the viewer care and do it in an artistic way as well that doesn't just get glossed over by a viewer. We have to do it in a way that's visually appealing so that it kind of makes someone, if they're kind of half scrolling on their cell phone, look up and be like, oh, wait, what's she saying? You know, because Mm -hmm. of the way it looks as well. And so it's a fine art, but it involves days and days of prep work and, you know, no matter how many times we've interviewed someone, it's always important that if I'm going to speak about them in any capacity, I speak to them as well. So even if it's, I don't know, Cowboy Cerrone, he's fought a million times. Well, whenever his next fight is, I'm going to make sure I talk to him on Friday because that's the closest I can get to his fight. And I have the most accurate, up-to-date information because things change. Misha, I mean, things change, you know, and and I, I feel like I owe our athletes that um that respect and i i always take it from an approach of like if this was my husband if this is joseph what how do i want people to treat him what do i want people to know and that's sort of what i take into my broadcasting is i i kind of take a step back and say like okay let's pretend this is joe in all these scenarios and that really helps me um put in all of my heart but also you know get to show theirs as well um, you know, when so when I was with WWE, we used no teleprompter there either. And it was very like, you got to figure it out. Things change. Your timing change. Uh, there can be so many different things that are changing on the fly. But then when I started working for Fox, it was great. We had the nice shiny floor, a big set. There was a teleprompter. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, wait, this is how this is the good gig. Hell yeah. How different is it for you going from UFC uh, to, to NFL? With Fox? Yeah, it's really different. Um, you know, for... They're like two different worlds. I think people, that's a really good question because I think people at home are are assuming that all broadcasts are similar and they could not be more different. Like, you know, for UFC, uh, we have pages and pages and pages of formats because we have to fit in these fights in a particular time window. So, but NFL, it's like, this game could be two and a half hours. It could be four and a half hours. Well, we'll figure it out. And for NFL, a lot of my role is, is talking about what happens on the field while it's happening. Whereas with UFC, you know, a lot of that, of course, we're calling the fights. And if something crazy, crazy happens backstage, sure, we report on it. But oftentimes those stories are kept back there. Um, or someone goes to the, you know, there's just transports. And now with COVID, they're leaving and stuff. So um, it's it's really different. Um, and it's great for me to be able to have these NFL reps because it is so, so different from what I do. It's not this polished, you know, arena setting. We're not doing rehearsals. Um, we are not a team that's worked together for eight or nine years. You know, I've worked with like John Anik and Daniel Cormier and Joe Rogan for so long that it's, we're family. We can almost anticipate what one another wants to talk about. If we do, um, you know, if we're sitting next to each other at the table, we can kind of like give, give one another a look and they'll know, Oh, okay. She wants to go or he wants to go. It's not like that here. And I'm so detached from the guys who are calling the game up in the booth that it's, it's, it's really different. And to like, literally physically navigate both sidelines you know it's a lot the football field is massive and you're just kind of like sprinting across to get to the other uh sideline if someone gets injured it's it's just a lot but it's it's really fun and I'm grateful to have the experience of both sides and Fox Fox and UFC like they're the best like they are the best people you could possibly work for like my family at UFC is incredible and but the the Fox leadership like takes you in and really makes you feel like they want you there from minute one. And it's, uh, you know, it, especially for someone like me who doesn't do NFL full time, like I, I'm so eternally grateful for that, like feeling of comfort and being wanted. It's amazing. 
yeah, how hard was it for you to kind of get your foot in the door there? I mean, I feel like, I mean, I've definitely felt this, but being sort of typecast or pigeonholed, it's like, no, you're just the MMA girl. You just do combat sports to then transitioning into another sport. What was that like? Yeah, well, you know, it, it involves saying no to some things that were only in the combat sports space because I didn't want to feel like that. But, you know, it's actually because of our partnership with the UFC and Fox that I got that first NFL opportunity for four seasons ago. They said, hey, we think you do a great job with the UFC. We'd like to have you try an NFL game or two. Uh, and then we'll go from there, seeing how you do. And I did two games, uh, two weeks in a row, and I made a good impression. And then I got several more games that season, and now I'm in my fourth. So they took a chance on me. They they broke the mold and said, we see what is you know goes into a UFC production. It's not just this easy peasy thing because it's maybe not particularly a big four sport, even though I think it could be or it is. But um, you know, they decided to to challenge me and give me that opportunity, and I just tried not to squander it. <laughs> Well, we love watching you work, love seeing what you do. Also, great outfits time and time again. You always look like a million bucks. Uh, But best of luck to you with everything going on with the future NFL season coming up. Uh, And, of course, to Joseph. Really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do and and what a career he has had. Uh, So hats off to to both you guys and your family. Thank you. I love you guys. Please, like, call me anytime because it's just my honor to chat with you, too. I love you so much. You're so talented. The world needs more of you both. (laughs) Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts.